Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Happy Monday to all. We try to always make Mondays funner than it typically is with our roll call coming up at 420. But we're going to talk a lot about the safety position today for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joining with me is the face that runs the place of PewterReport.com, SR Scott Reynolds. And Scott, hope you're doing well. Bucks got to figure something out at safety, don't they? <laughs> they sure do. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you all right now, I didn't sleep well last night. Uh, and so I woke up in the middle of the night and I took some melatonin to go back to sleep, which was great because it worked. But boy, am I dragging today. So on days like today, where you, you think one Celsius might do the trick, sometimes you need two. That crack that you hear right there, that is the the afternoon flavor for today. It is the cola flavor. Folks, if you are jonesing for a, a cola, right, don't get all the sugar with soft drinks. I mean, go with a healthier alternative. This Celsius cola right here, which I'm about to enjoy, it's got no sugar, so there's no sugar crash, and I get all the energy. So it's uh, it's going to be exciting. Watch. Here we go. Mm. The sip is up. The flavor. Ah, oh, that cola flavor. Plus the energy. I already feel better, Matt. Let's go. I feel like this is going to be the best Peter Report podcast we've ever done. Uh, part of the reason is coming up at 420. We do this little thing on Mondays called... Roll call. Tell us where you're at, Peter people. We have awesome fans throughout the world. Not just the United States, but international as well so this is just one of the fun ways we like to interact with everybody watching the show in the chat at 420 one of us will start talking about whatever it is you that today. you like talking about it's gonna it's be gonna me be you today, today we give you the rain today tampa bay buccaneers and um while i'm talking today at 420 everyone please put your location in the chat where you're watching from i know last week we had someone from sweden watching i thought that was pretty yeah. cool um if you're local too, that's absolutely awesome. And so, yeah, let us know. It's just a fun way to to interact with the with the Peter people. So please uh, get involved. Awesome. Well, it's April and we're in draft month right now, which is kind of cool. Free agency winding down a little bit, but I will say this: the uh, the Buccaneers they're not done with free agency yet. They're they're going to make another move or two, I think, before free agency, uh, or I should say, before the draft. Free agency kind of goes on all the way through to the season itself um but you know the safety position needs some addressing does it not matt there's only two yes. on the roster right now uh you've got uh some guy named anton winfield jr i think he's pretty good right? he's it's okay he's had his moments here in, in the league and and uh, uh that's his interception last year his only interception so i'm sure he wants to get some more but um as, as todd bowles mentioned at the NFL scouting combine and then also kind of bolstered that that theory that he is going to be moving Antoine Winfield Jr. out of the slot where he played nickel cornerback. We saw that. We were the first to report that back in training camp where he was turned into essentially a slot safety because he's not a cornerback, but a slot safety mm -hmm. and uh, and did OK in that position. But the thing is, is with so much man coverage didn't have the opportunities to really play center field, use his ball hawking uh, instincts, his range, his speed to pick off more passes. Only finished with one interception. Of course, that was in the first game of the season at Dallas. That was it. So the Bucs need more interceptions. And, uh, and and they think that by putting him back at free safety, kind of like he was back in 2020. Remember this play against the Saints that really turned that game yes. uh, into a Bucks victory right there, punching the ball out of the, the tight end's uh, hands. And uh, that was a huge forced fumble, fumble recovery by Devin White to set up a, a touchdown for the Buccaneers. And they beat the Saints, uh, what, 30 to 20 that game, I think? Something like that? Yeah, the, uh, the only yeah, time that 20. they beat the Saints that year. But they beat them when it mattered most, which is right. uh, super important. So, yeah, that, of course it's going to be better with Anton Winfield Jr. playing back at free safety. And there's a number of ways that the Bucs can address how they fill out the rest of the safety position uh, on the depth chart. And of course, nickel corner as well, depending if they want to use a corner yeah. there or a safety, move them into the slot. There's a couple of in-house, of course, um, D. Delaney, um, who has kind of been moved around everywhere. D. Delaney yeah. 
Uh, last season, he had 37 snaps in the box, 110 in the slot, and 57 at free safety. So he is one option. But I think yeah. the more viable way the Bucks will go about this is adding a veteran or just an unrestricted free agent through the draft and then addressing it in uh, sorry in free agency and then yeah. addressing it in the draft as well then are you forgetting thing, about nolan turner uh, well sure <laughs> i don't want to put any dis- disrespect to nolan turner's name um <laughs> hey to his credit he came close to making the team out of out of yeah. training camp you know he was yeah. one of the last guys he was one of those bubble players right i'm not putting a ton of stock in nolan turner though with yeah. all due respect to Agreed. nolan turner i just think the most important thing for the bucks really uh at, at safety but really defense and kind of the whole team you want the right fit of course oh this yeah. guy could play in the slot a lot more i just want the bucks to have playmakers on this team like anton yeah. Winfield jr more than anything else is a playmaker he no gets doubt. stuff done Devin white at linebacker he has playmaking abilities will it come to full culmination this year not totally sure but i just think the bucks need more playmakers let guys fly around the field and that's when Todd Bowles pulling the strings is at his best so really for me that's what I'm looking for with the box both in free agency and the draft just get me a playmaker out there yeah no doubt I mean they, they got a couple they could use some more there's no doubt about it and they need interceptions next year they really did yes. to go from 17 interceptions in 2021 down to 10 and gosh Matt if you go back and look right you had Antoine Winfield's in week one Jamel Dean had two in week two against the Saints. Mike Edwards had uh, had a, had one, right? So that that's three interceptions in the first two games. And then you had Logan Ryan have one against Aaron Rodgers. And yes. Sean Murphy Bunting had one against the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. So that's three, four, five. that's six interceptions. They had six interceptions in the first four games of the season, right? And they had four over the rest of the year. That's horrible. That is absolutely terrible. And they've got to come up with some more interceptions. Maybe moving Antoine Winfield Jr. back will certainly help things out. Um, but, but like you said, they, they got to get a guy that has some sticky fingers, that has some instincts, that can, you know, they can really produce some takeaways. And one of the guys that we've talked about many times on this podcast, and we had him in our recent Peter Report mock draft in the third round he might even be a second rounder is is a the safety from illinois sydney brown six interceptions last year for the fighting illini yes uh as we've said before kind of get troy palomalu vibes from him um yeah i don't want to keep repeating the same word but flying around you watch his tape and he flies around the field he makes those acrobatic athletic plays and listen you don't need to do a somersault in order to go and make a play but you know right. there were times that he was flipping to go get the ball and that's kind of what i wanted to talk about as well with the playmaking you want playmakers because if they're moving around everywhere then the turnovers will come and they'll come in bunches they'll force things to happen as you pointed out with antoine winfield jr forcing that fumble in the playoff game against yeah. the new orleans saints uh, brown is I don't want to say old school, but he has some old school qualities with being physical, right. not afraid to put his head in there uh, responsibly, of course, not right. in today's NFL where you'll get penalized for it. But he's shown an ability in his career to take the ball away, knock the ball out. Um, he had a big force fumble on special teams that led to a touchdown when he was playing for Illinois. Yeah. Um, communicative, one of the leaders on the team, and also – the Bucks have a good track record of drafting a defensive back who's a twin, where his brother is a running back. Um, Rondé Barber comes to mind, True. and I'm not I'm not comparing him to Rondé Barber, but uh, the last time they drafted a twin uh, yeah. with uh, a defensive back and a running back, it worked out pretty well for the Bucks. So yeah, yeah, I really like Sidney Brown. I had him in my mock draft. I just think the number of interceptions. I believe he had six or seven last year, so he can get after the ball and. That's the number one name in the game for the Bucs is create more turnovers. You heard Todd Bowles say it. You heard Levante yeah. David say it. Um, that that and pretty much sacks and third down efficiency are the biggest rooms of improvement yeah. for the Buccaneers going into this season. Multiple people have highlighted it, and you got to start somewhere. And I think drafting Sidney Brown would be a great idea for the Bucs. Yeah, uh, I, I I like the guy, and uh, you know, and we would be remiss if we didn't also mention. 
Brian Branch, who is uh, you know going to get some first round consideration from the Buccaneers if he is there at number nineteen. I've seen him go to the Commodes uh, in mock drafts. I've seen him go to the <laughs> Patriots. Uh, there's you know there's a um, there's a chance he's there, but are you going to spend your first round pick on a safety when you can grab an offensive tackle? Maybe Anton Harrison from Oklahoma, maybe Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Now, there is some real value, especially in today's modern-day NFL, where it's really geared towards the passing game, because Brian Branch is exactly what Todd Bowles wanted in Antoine Winfield last year, a guy that in base defense will be a safety. But then in nickel defense, which this team will play probably 60 70% of the time, depending on the opponent, then all of a sudden you've got a guy that comes in there in the slot. And Brian Branch played mostly in the slot at Alabama. So he is exactly what Todd Bowles wants for a slot safety. Doesn't have to be a cornerback. It could be a, a, a safety. And that's kind of how they, they view Brian Branch. So it might be a situation where you know, he's in consideration there in round one. Cindy Brown's in consideration you know, in round two. Uh, another Illinois player that, that you and I both like and know Josh Capo likes as well is is Quan Martin and uh, otherwise known as Jartavius Martin, but this yeah. this guy can really play in the slot. He was their slot defender at at uh, Illinois. What a talent secondary that was, right? We did with Devin Witherspoon at cornerback. Yeah, you had Quan Martin playing in the slot. You had Sidney Brown playing safety. They had Kerry Joseph as one of their safeties last year. So they're just a tremendous group of defensive backs there during this time at Illinois. So there's a couple of options, certainly in this draft, where they can get a safety and probably will do so, I would say, before round four. You go back and look. Justin Evans, Winfield were both second-round safeties. Then you had, um, let's see, uh, Mike Edwards was a third-round safety. Jordan Whitehead was a fourth-round safety. So Jason Light, even before Ty Bowles became the head coach, was really prioritized finding good safeties and and not being afraid to spend, you know, a – a premium or at least a middle round pick on them. Yeah, of course. And you had the, the Lewis scene saga last year yeah. where the bucks are very close to drafting him, but ended up trading back and getting Logan Hall. Uh, Mark Fisher with this comment says, uh, is branch no longer really a probability now in the first, no guarantee, but you really believe we're going for an offensive tackle. So you kind of already touched upon that Scott yeah. with um, the fact that he's been mocked to so many different teams, either before the bucks or, or after the bucks. Yeah. The really, the thing I am, more curious at than anything else, and I don't 100% know the answer, is what if Branch is on the board at 19, but then also one or two of the tackles that we've talked about on recent trade episodes. Down. Trade, trade down. Trade <laughs> down. Yeah. Because Not too far, but I trade think, down. Get those extra picks. Because I, I think you could argue either way of the Bucks probably need – they need both, but they probably need their starting offensive tackle on the right or left side a yeah. little bit more than safety. But Todd Bowles – was a defensive back. He loves safeties. He loves the versatility in safeties. Yeah. So I think, you know, Todd Bowles is probably going to be banging the table to draft the safety in the first round. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation if that scenario did come into play, if it's tackle yeah. or safety, where the Bucks would go in that round. But, uh, yeah, it, the, all the pieces would have to fall into place. It's very likely Branch could be picked before the Bucks are even called at 19. But yeah. There remains to be seen. Yeah, uh, question here from Richie. Uh, good to see you, Richie. Scott, how about Branch in the first and Cody Mock? Uh, I mean, the guy is a ginger with two missing front <laughs> teeth. I mean, uh, really, how tough do you have to to be to sport that look? Well, yeah, I mean, listen, this team is no not not afraid of, of gingers by any means, uh, which would please the late great Mark Cook. Um, yes, you know, from from the days of of Alan Cross to Coquifed currently. I can't yeah. forget about Ryan Jensen, right? He's the highest paid ginger in the league. So, um, yeah, the only thing with Cody Mock is coming from that North Dakota State offense, which I know very well because Chris Kleiman, Kansas State's football coach, came from North Dakota State. It's very run heavy. It's very run heavy. And so the pass protection issue for Cody Mock is going to be a problem. Matter of fact, he's probably going to have to move inside to guard. Not sure he has the athleticism. To play left tackle for sure, even right tackle maybe. So he's probably a guard way ahead in the run game. But the NFL is a pass-heavy league, so he's going to have to really brush up on the skills there. I wouldn't spend a second-round draft pick on him. And 
even though Jason Light, Matt, he loves his small school offensive linemen. Uh, we see you, Ali Marpet. We see yep. you, Alex Kappa. I don't know that Cody Mock is really on the Bucks' radar. We had a chance to talk to him at, at the senior at the uh, combine, and didn't interview with the Buccaneers, if my memory serves, or if it was, it was informal. Right. Yeah, he didn't meet with them formally. Uh, I think yeah. everyone every year there's like the one small school offensive lineman yes. that everyone goes up. Oh, the Bucks got to be interested in him. And yeah. it, as Richie says, God bless gingers. And yeah. that wasn't necessarily the case. And I, I yeah. think we're learning, obviously, while the Bucks are always looking to add an interior offensive lineman, and certainly they could in this year's draft, yeah. because of some of the players they've re-signed and the depth that they have there, and with Ryan Jensen back and Robert Hainsey available to play at one of the guard positions, yeah. I don't necessarily know if guard is going to be uh, you know, a, a top three round pick for the Bucs unless they right. fall in love with someone. Yeah. Um, Albany said, yep. I was going to say, uh, Albany says trade down to 25, 26, but has to be before 27 just to be safe since Buffalo uh, does need offensive line. Uh, yeah. You know, um, on Thursday's show, when I was on with, um, with Adam Slavon, it was fun because I did a couple of pro football network mock draft simulators. And I know there's a lot of different ones out there. I just use PFNs just to give it a whirl. What I loved about PFNs, and go back and watch the episode, I highly recommend it because um, I told myself every single chance I have to, to trade down in my mock draft for the Buccaneers, I'm going to do it as long as it in, entails using this year's picks rather than next year's picks. And I even traded down, and, and I did two simulations, Matt. And in my second one, my simulation, Adam, didn't he have the Bucks drafting until pick 39? with the Carolina Panthers, <laughs> but I got like 15 players for the Bucks, So it was yeah. crazy, but every hey, they need single, as many as they can get, they really do. And in, in every single opportunity I had to trade down, sometimes it was trading down one spot. I, I did. And I came away with two slam dunk drafts. So I'd love to see Jason like kind of do the same thing. Trade down. We saw him do it last year. We've seen him, him trade up one spot to get Tristan Wirf. So he's no stranger to first round trades. And you know what, Matt, we're no stranger to uh, finding out where, where people uh, are listening and watching the Peter Report podcast from because it's Monday and it's 420, and that only means one thing. That's right. It is time for Roll Call, baby! Where you at, Peter people? We want to know where you are watching the Peter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official sponsor of PeterReport.com. Uh, where you are watching from, uh, whether you're watching in Tampa, internationally, maybe over on the West Coast, uh, I'm going to start talking about uh, some news that the the Bucks had today in terms of uh, sticking with the theme of defensive players and versatility. But someone uh, that came in for a top 30 visit for the Buccaneers uh, that was just re just reported. And in the meantime, please start putting your location up on the screen. So there was a report that came out today. Uh, obviously, top 30 visits are underway still going still going on um and one of them that the bucks has top 30 visit with a linebacker out of sacramento state so we were just talking about uh small school guys typically the bucks like small school players on the offensive line but in this case it's marte mapu from sacramento state he is an inside line where he's a linebacker that's what they have him as but you want to talk about versatility. Marte Mapu is this guy. Now, we first saw him really at the Senior Bowl, where he had a very impressive performance. Ended on Senior Standouts on PeterReport.com for day two. He's listed as a linebacker, but the very interesting thing is he can play all over the field. When he first got his start in twenty, really twenty nineteen, he played a little bit in twenty eighteen. But twenty nineteen, he played as a linebacker. Also played at strong safety. And played inside linebacker and outside linebacker. So this guy can play a little bit of everywhere. Played four years. He had uh, seven interceptions overall. The most came in 2021 where he had four interceptions, had 165 career tackles, 13 career tackles for loss, and one sack. So you see the numbers are kind of jumbled all over the place because he moved around so much. He is really, really athletic. Like, is able just watching his hustle – you see the athleticism when he was at the senior ball. I mean, he had an interception. He had a diving pass breakup where, you know, he wasn't even near the ball and he leaped and got in the way. And my favorite play that he made at the senior ball is 
it was a big run by the other team in practice. And while some people didn't want to chase after the runner all the way down yeah. the field, um, he sprinted down the field, caught up with the running back, who maybe started like slowing down because the play is done. But he still went after the ball, knocked it yeah. loose. And um, so the only unfortunate thing is he tore his pec while he bench press. He was preparing for you know, the NFL draft. So he should, he's been telling teams, he visited with 14 teams, including the Bucks. He's been telling everyone that he's going to be ready by training camp. You do have to take that into consideration. Yeah. He's six, three, about 217 pounds. So really good size, but with the Bucks, as we've talked about, Todd Bowles likes his safeties smaller. He likes his corners tall and lanky, his yeah. safeties smaller, but the versatility, the athleticism, he would have to bulk up a little bit if he wants to play linebacker. Yeah. Uh, you can't ask him to get smaller if he wants to play safety. But well, the it, versatility it, and the athleticism is like really intriguing. It, it is. And and he played nickel corner. He played safety. He played linebacker. He was an outside linebacker. I mean, they did a lot with him at Sacramento State. He was like a Swiss Army knife. Yes. And so he's really got the Buccaneers and other teams intrigued about where he's going to play. And you know, he could be a guy that could be a nickel safety type and so that kind of goes in with the theme for today's show he's a player you have to throw in the mix there maybe as a day three type of, of defender he's he certainly has the the ability to cover and cover well so that's going to help him i agree matt he's going to have to really kind of step in and, and add some weight if he's going to be a linebacker but we did see Todd Bowles, even though he does like those five foot ten safeties and by that we're talking about winfield whitehead yeah. Mike Edwards, guys that have the fluidity, uh, almost the size of like a bigger or not not a taller, but like a bigger cornerback that can have some range and some you know flipping hips and can go and and be an agile defender in the middle of the field. But we have to look at Keanu Neal, who signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers as a bigger type safety. And the other guy that they have on on the squad is also Nolan Turner, a bigger type safety. So there is there is some room for some versatility in Todd Bowles' defense. Now they're not going to wait to address the safety position by getting uh, Marte Mapu, uh, and he might end up being a linebacker if he's drafted by the Bucks. But uh, they this is one of those those drafts they could double up at the safety position, whether it's getting a slot safety like a Brian Branch in the first rounds and and then getting more of like a, a traditional safety or even like a mart uh, um, uh, marpe matu yeah. uh, uh the type player later in the draft or sydney brown or Quan martin you know and then looking at at mapu later in the draft as well so wouldn't be surprised at all we've seen jason light double up on certain positions before the sean murphy bunting jamel dean draft comes to mind as well so you know, we'll see. But I, I think he's in consideration, not just as a linebacker, but also possibly as a safety. Yeah, I actually took him in my mock draft on, on the Bucks battle plan. I didn't have him going until the sixth or seventh round. Yeah. So exciting player again because of the versatility, what Todd Bowles can do with him. But, right. you know, let's not expect him to be a day one starter, even if he gets drafted to yep. the Buccaneers. Also, because, again, versatility, I just immediately think of, the exotic looks that Todd Bowles brings, whether it's oh, yeah. lining up uh, Vita Vea at linebacker. <laughs> it's a linebacker, right? Yeah. Monte David rushing out on the edge or moving Antoine Winfield Jr. up to the line of scrimmage. I just think someone with what yeah. Mapu brings, it would just be fun to see what Todd Bowles could kind of conjure up with that. That's right. That and we can't, we can't forget that Akeem Hicks, defensive tackle, got his first and only sack of the season in Week 18 as an edge rusher against the Falcons. <laughs> So Todd Bowles does like to line up people in different spots and rush them. So we'll see. I would be remiss, and I didn't want to diss any of the Florida State fans, but we mentioned Brian Branch and Sidney Brown and Juan Martin from Illinois. But uh, Jamie Robinson from Florida mm -hmm. State is also that kind of slot safety type player. And all the, those players, Branch, Brown, Martin, and Jamie Robinson, all had formal interviews with the Buccaneers at the Combine. So we're still trying to – work and see which players are going to be coming in for local visits. Greg Almond does a really good job of spending every minute, every waking minute calling every low uh, on the totem pole agent, as well as the, the, the top dogs. Um, 
to to find out who's going to be at these local pro days. Uh, and we've got some calls in and some agents and emails as well. So we're going to try to get to the bottom of that. The Bucks have later this week their local pro day with some of, of the, the top uh, prospects, uh, as well as some of the guys that will probably be undrafted free agents that they could bring in for camp. And also not just that, but for the rookie mini camp as well, you need bodies for yes. that. And so th they'll be looking for some local talent. They usually pick some guys from USF to help round out the roster and all that. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah. Uh, just real quick on Jamie Robinson, big yeah. fan of his, uh, yeah. can cover the tight end pretty well, showed that at the senior bowl. So shout out to Jamie Robinson would be awesome if he, Ended up with the Buccaneers. But let's get to this super chat. Thank you so much to LDBC's most wanted for the 499 super chat. They say, Hey, Pewter Report, how many wins does Todd Bowles need to keep his job? And how huge would it be for this defense if Joe Tryon-Sharnika slash Logan Hall take the next step in development? So as far as the wins go, yeah, a lot of this I think has to do with the momentum of the overall season. If the Bucks jump out to a four and record and then, you know, slump the rest of the season, that's yeah. not going to look well for Todd Bowles. But I, I think a lot of us are in agreement. There's going to be a lot of growing pains early on. A lot of new players yeah. coming in on defense, even with the re-signings they had with Jamel Dean and, and Levante David, <laughs> clearly on offense with the new offense coordinator, the quarterback competition, a lot of moving parts there. So yeah. I truly feel if the Bucs can get around a similar record like they did last year, eight and nine, and, and part of this has to do eight or nine wins. Part of this has yeah. to do if they can stay competitive in the NFC South. If they are trending in the right direction towards the end of the season, I think Todd Bowles can stay secured in his job for one more season. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think that, Progress is important. And maybe to Todd Bowles' benefit, this team went 8-9 and nine last year. Now, the conundrum, Matt, is, is what if the Buccaneers go 9-8 and eight this year and they don't make the NFC South uh, championship uh, three-peat uh, three mm -hmm. and, and they, don't, uh, they don't make the playoffs, right? What do you do, right? Todd Bowles won one more game, but maybe they lost out to you know a tiebreaker or maybe they lost out by a game or two to the division champion is that enough to fire Todd Bowles I don't know right and, and I, I'm agreement with you I, I think that that how did they get those nine wins when did they come right is were there injuries that maybe you could use as an excuse or, or blame you know some some uh, some bad luck on um there's a lot of factors right I think momentum's important if if this team is making, if this team is competitive all the way through December and just misses out in the playoffs, but ends up winning nine or ten games, I, I think you got to keep Bowles around. I think that if he wins another NFC South title and gets this team back to the playoffs with a home playoff game, regardless of whether it's eight wins, nine, ten, yeah, he's he gets another year, right? You get credit for making the playoffs, but I think the real, the real thing I'm curious about is is if it's nine or 10 wins and there's some significant progress in the win column, but you don't win the division, right? Is, is that enough? I would think so, but I'm not the Glaciers. If you get nine wins and you get like the last playoff spot, I, I think Bowles, his selling point yeah. would be, listen, I made the no, playoffs no two years in a row, but no yeah, if it, what if it's nine wins and they don't make the postseason? How do you right. look at it that way? I yeah. also really think a lot of this, and it's a little bit out of uh, out of Bowles' hands, but some of this has to do with the quarterback play, whether it's yes. going to be Maker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. Because if one of them is showing promise and, again, trending in the right direction, you can go, all right, look, we have a foundation now on offense. I'm going to control everything on the defense, and we're going to have a, another stout defense and Baker Mayfield is progressing, and he figures out the offense, or Kyle Trask as well. I don't want to leave Kyle Trask out of this. If they yeah. find out that they have a quarterback that is functional and can help this team win games, well, then it makes it a lot easier to hold on to Todd Bowles and just the overall coaching staff. Because, yeah, you know, I know if you keep Todd Bowles, I don't think you want to start over again because you're going to be in a weird spot anyway if you get those seven, eight, nine wins. Right. You're not going to be able to get the Caleb Williams or the Drake Mays. You're not going to be able yeah. to get one of those top quarterbacks. So you're either rolling with Baker and Trask again, or you're finding another veteran quarterback that they essentially went for 
this season. So yeah. if they're winning enough and the quarterbacks are playing well, I think Todd Bowles can keep his job. Now, if they struggle and they end up with like a top five pick, well, then it's easy to say, all right, Todd, you're gone. Dave Pinellas, thanks for coming out, uh, but right. we're going to go in another direction. It's much, much easier to completely strip the foundation. But if yeah. you get those seven or eight wins and you're trending in the right direction, even if you don't make the playoffs, it's tough to start all over again on offense when you just – well, you're, they're starting again, new again this year. I mean, they yeah. really are. Dave Canales, new offense, new quarterbacks. It would be tough to do that one more time, especially depending on what you have with, you know, one more year of Chris Godwin. We'll see what goes on with Mike Evans. I just right. think it's – it's really tough to start all over one more time, especially if you have a, a middle round pick. But uh, yeah, right. it'd be really and, curious to see. And the thing too, Matt, is is with with Todd Bowles, I'm going to guess that this defense is going to be really, really strong again. So mm -hmm. when you're starting over with a new head coach and a new defensive coordinator, it's a new system. Uh, it's one thing for the Buccaneers offense to have to learn a new system, right? But for every single defensive player that was here last year and years prior, they know this system, right? They've got years in this Todd Bowles scheme. And so when you hit the reset button, you bring in the new head coach and the new defensive coordinator, the new offensive coordinator, the whole team's learning. And, and it's rare that we see, unless you're a really, really damn good, talented team, and I'm not saying the Buccaneers are or aren't, but it's tough for a new head coach to come in and for both sides of the ball to be effective to where you're going to make the playoffs, et cetera. I'm not saying it can't be done, but even – even back when John Gruden was brought in to replace Tony Dungy, again, that was one side of the ball, right? Gruden's offense mm -hmm. took some time to, to get things figured out. But Monty Kiffin's defense the whole way back in 2002 was was uh, was allowing this team to stay in games and win games. And they went 12-4, and four, primarily because the Bucks' defense was untouched, even with a new head coach. So there's 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 something to be said about that and, and again we'll see this you know Todd Bowles has got to win that's what this is all about um, but I just put in uh the chat a link to today's Bucks mailbag where I, I addressed a pretty good question you mentioned a couple of the top quarterbacks the great thing and those quarterbacks of course being USC's Caleb Williams and North Carolina's Drake May but the 2024 draft class appears loaded at the quarterback position we'll see how it all shakes out but aside from those two you have Washington's Michael Penix Jr. You have Tulane's Michael Pratt. I like both of those guys a lot. Florida State's Jordan Travis really opened some eyes. LSU's Jaden Daniels, who was Rashad White's quarterback at Arizona State before he transferred to LSU last year. And there was some talk maybe Daniels might come out this year, but he stayed in, which is probably a good thing. But he could probably have been a day two draft pick this year had he come out. Sam Hartman transfers from Wake Forest to Notre Dame. Arkansas's K.J. Jefferson, Oregon's Bo Nix had a, a renaissance year, uh, kind of like a, a career resurgent year when he was kind of floundering a little bit at Auburn. Coastal Carolina, if you're looking for a sleeper next year, Grayson McCall. Man, I like this quarterback a lot. So that that's at least 10 interesting names that I think have a chance to be drafted bet between rounds one and four. Then you throw in a couple of kind of really young developing guys that if, with, if they have a big season, I shouldn't say young because some of these guys are upperclassmen, but if they have yeah. a really good season, you might hear a lot more draft buzz about them as well. I'm talking about Michigan's J.J. McCarthy, Kansas State's Will Howard, Oklahoma's uh, Dylan Gabriel, who was also at UCF, and, of course, South Carolina's Spencer Rattler. At Kentucky's uh, Devin Leary is a guy that's going to replace Will Levis, and Mississippi State's Will Rogers. There's a lot of interesting quarterbacks next year whose names aren't just necessarily Caleb Williams or, or Drake May. So the Buccaneers are picking in the middle of the first round. There could be a lot of a lot of interesting names. You might have possibly, depending on how it shakes out, you might have maybe six or seven quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round next year. Yeah, it's practically carte blanche. I'll talk a little bit about uh, Jordan Travis because I was so happy to hear that he was going back to Florida State. Yes. I mean – because when when there was talks about yeah. him uh, potentially going into the the um the NFL draft, I was thinking, why? Like he's not one. I don't even think he's fully ready yet. And two, like you're not even going to be one of the top picks because everybody's right. talking about you know Young and and, and C.J. Stroud and and 
Will Levis to a degree. I think Anthony yeah. Richardson was a little more, it wasn't like right, right out of the gate, kind of like the rest of the guys. That yeah. was even Richardson. I felt like he should have went back for another season, but like Jordan Travis really started lighting it up. Right. At like last season. So for him, another year in Florida state's offense, just to see what he can do. Um, I know there's some moving parts and everything like that, but the, the mobility's there. There are times where I'm just like, oh man, he's going to get crushed by the defensive lineman when yeah. he's out there. But I think a whole uh, a whole another year for him at Florida State is going to be absolutely huge for him. That'd be very exciting. Um, I know Bucks fans, whether it's a Gator, a Seminole, or any type of local player, especially at the quarterback position, when they come to Tampa, it's a very uh, yeah argumentative time, but exciting time right. uh, as well. So speaking of argue, cool. I, th there's there's a couple things. Um, I'm going to make a little bit of an argumentative statement here. Then I'm going to make a very argumentative commercial in just a second. So the, the statement is this, and Randy Douglas says, Dave Canales makes or breaks this team and the coaches this year. He will either confirm or deny left, which was the problem. And if he does better and Bulls defense drops off, they could still blow it up. That's true. That's a fact. But I have a feeling Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield are going to score more points in this offense than Todd Bowles, I'm sorry, not Todd Bowles, uh, Byron Lefwich and Tom Brady did last year. Wow. I'm just, I'm saying right now, there's, they're going to score at least 19 points per game. And it's only like one point more, but it's still more. But I'm just going to tell you, that's how bad it was under Byron Lefwich. I'm going on the record right now and saying, Canales, and I'm going to, I'm going to say Mayfield, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's the veteran that he wins the job. But I, I think that the Bucks are going to score more than 18 points per game this year. And that would mean that it would be an improvement over last year when scoring was God awful. Um, the other thing I'm going to say that, that is, is really kind of argumentative is, you know, which flavor do you pick when you're going to grab a can of Celsius folks? I'm enjoying the heck out of my cola flavored Celsius. I'm just going to go and just show you right here, right now. This is the cola flavor. Look at that. It's fantastic. Tastes just like cola, your favorite cola. But uh, no sugar in it. There's no sugar crash later on for me because there's no sugar in Celsius. But boy, so many flavors to choose from. The new fantasy vibe. It's sparkling marshmallow and mandarin orange. If you like the, the creamsicle heat flavor, this is a touch sweeter and it's, it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. But it's kind of sweet, so it's a morning beverage for me. Now, if you're looking for an afternoon uh, flavor aside from the cola that sparkling lemon lime is my go-to tastes just like a less sweet version of your favorite lemon lime uh sparkling soda i should say um, but listen again all the energy that you need with all the flavors this is also another place that i argue which which celsius uh, am i going to go with tomorrow is it going to be the orange the peach vibe there's the tropical vibe there's the arctic vibe um, Ashley, my wife, she loves the watermelon. So many tremendous flavors. All you have to do is go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator and type in your address. And once you do that, they're going to pop up all around you, whether it's a convenience store, a health and fitness store, or maybe a bodega bodega. And then, uh, go grab a can of Celsius or two or three or four and try it. And once you find the flavors you like, Go to Amazon, buy them in bulk, get the subscribe and save, ship them right to your door. It's as easy as that. Shout out to Shane Lambert says, orange is my favorite. Mine too. Um, Mine too. But Saturday too. was watermelon. I thought I had it up there. There you go. Excellent. And Charles said, just had a strawberry lemonade. That's yeah. That's one that I've been drinking a lot lately. I think yeah. Arctic 5, to answer your initial question or yeah. Argument, I would argue for the Arctic buy. That's probably my favorite. But honestly, you cannot go wrong. So yeah, shout out Celsius. Okay, listen. Yeah, it's not a high bar to clear. 19 points per game. Everybody <laughs> wants to see more. But I mean, progress is progress. If we're saying Todd Bowles going 9 and 8 is better than 8 and 9, and that's progress, score 19 points per game is progress over 18 points per game last year. So that's just that's how we're doing it here. You know what I kind of think helps the, the Bucks overall, but specifically the offense, is – so many people like media, other fans, different fan bases as well, like yeah. 
everyone, a lot of them are saying the Bucks are in a rebuild. The Bucks are, yeah. you know, stripping the foundation. And it's like, no, they're not. That's why they re-signed Levante David and, and Jamel Dean. But I think some people have such low expectations of the Bucks. We had an yeah. episode last week or the week before about that the Bucks are ranked 29th in the league out of yeah. all 32 teams, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. A lot of teams are, or people in general are just already counting out the Bucks. So, yeah. you know, sometimes you got to play a little possum and the Bucks yeah. might jump on some teams just because they're <laughs> expecting it to get ugly. I'm not saying they're going to, yeah. you know, no, win I, 12 games next l- year. Listen, it, it can be a rallying cry. It can. I mean, I saw that firsthand with my Kansas State Wildcats basketball team picked dead last in yeah. the conference and they finished third and they went and went to the Elite Eight. Because they use that circle the wagons mentality from from week one, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Buccaneers, I wrote about it in my Fab Five on Friday. Uh, don't count out these Buccaneers. There's a lot of guys with chips on their shoulders. The existing players that kind of underperformed last year, the Carlton Davises, the Ryan Jensen, who didn't even play a, a damn snap the entire season because he was hurt. This is right after signing his contract extension, becoming the highest paid center. He's got to make up for lost time in his yeah. mind, I'm sure. you know. And then you have a, a new guy like Baker Mayfield where he's got a big chip on his shoulder. The accumulation of chips, Matt, they're going to need some bigger shoulder pads, these Buccaneers this year. I'm just telling you. Uh, <laughs> they didn't play well collectively. They went 8-9, and nine, even though they won the division. They lost. They got stomped in the, the playoffs at Ray J by the Cowboys. Todd, Todd Bowles, dead man walking. I mean, you know, pick for dead last. Uh, they're going to be behind the Saints because the Saints got Derek Carr. All of these things are going to just make this Buccaneer team froth at the mouth. And we'll see. They've got enough talent. We'll see if they can get it together and win. I did have a question here from Mark Fisher. Appreciate your donations here. I know there is a big learning curve, not bug, but big. He says that. At cornerback, is there a as big a learning curve at safety? Why or why not? Thanks. Well, that's a good question. It is a good question. Uh, Todd Bowles' secondary, uh, the the amount of coverages they play, it takes a very smart cerebral player. You saw, we all saw firsthand, Antoine Winfield step in as a day one starter against the New Orleans Saints against Drew Brees in week one in 2020 and, and play really good ball. And he had a fantastic rookie season, so much so that the next year he was a pro bowler in 2021. So mm-hmm. I think as long as you're a very intelligent player, you can pick a, you know, if you can pick the right guy to come in at safety, there's not as much learning curve. So I think a smart player, and by all indications, Sidney Brown uh, is a smart player, Jamie Robinson, Brian Branches, the guys they're looking at. If you're going to be a Todd Bowles draft pick and you're on the defensive side, you got to be a smart guy, especially in the secondary. Yeah, if you if you have that high IQ, I, I think the big difference is, you know, overall, like a cornerback, a lot of times you're going one on one against a receiver and there's all yeah. different types of receivers, speed, guys that, you know, have great one on one ball targeting uh, yeah. ability. So many different wide receivers where safeties, you're not always guarding one on one as much like, sure, you'll go up yeah. against a, a running back or a tight end. But like against a tight end, you're more concerned about the the size of the tight end necessarily than getting burned down the field yeah. for a big play. It's a lot more reacting, reading coverages, um, how to right. look at things that way. So still, I mean, for any rookie, it's difficult adjusting into the NFL. But, yeah, I would agree that we're not yeah. as tough as corner, but still, you know, not not as easy. The problem is Antoine Winfield Jr. made it look easy. Yeah. Well, we would uh, – great minds think alike here, Long Lost Glacier. We were actually going to talk about this yes. a little bit today on the show because uh, – would not be surprised if the Buccaneers end up making a move for a safety, perhaps this week. Stay tuned. And that player might be, I'm not saying it's going to be, but it might be Ryan Neal from the Seahawks. Because, yes, they they went out and, and got another safety. Um, Julian, I can't remember his last name. I think he was with the Giants last year. And so they went ahead and, and got him and took the the tender off the restricted free agent, which is Ryan Neal, and made him an undraft or an unrestricted free agent right away. So the Buccaneers could be going after him. There's a couple of safeties that Dave Canales has some experience going up against in practice that could give Todd Bowles some good insight on from firsthand experience. Ryan Neal is one of those. 
with the Seahawks. If you look back last year, had a really good year for the Seahawks. Had an 85.6 overall PFF grade. Run defense was 79.5. Coverage was 85.7. Had one interception, gave up a couple of touchdowns. You know, had an acceptable 11% missed tackle rate. Had a sack and a couple of um, quarterback pressures. At 6'3", 200, he's a little bit bigger than you would like. But remember, Matt, we talked about Keanu Neal. We talked about Nolan Turner. There is a place for a bigger safety in Todd Bowles' scheme. He just likes some of those smaller guys as well. So he likes to have a little bit of a, of a you know, uh, a mixed roster, if you will, uh, at the safety position. Another guy who's a bigger guy that also played in Seattle that is a free agent is Josh Jones, former second-round pick of the Green Bay Packers, um, bigger guy too, 6'2", 220, ran a 4-4-1 that helped get him drafted by the Packers in the second round, kind of underachieved. He's been around the league two years in Green Bay. In 2019, he was with the Cowboys for nine, uh, for, for just a minute, really. The Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020, split time between Indianapolis and Seattle in 2021, and then it was with the Seahawks last year. Did not have a great PFF grade. Only gave up a touchdown, no interceptions, but uh, 52 grade. But as as a player that can come in and maybe revive his career, again, Todd Bowles will get the the right intel from Dave Canales in terms of what were these players like. So I would not be surprised if one of those two safeties from Seattle, and maybe it is Ryan Neal, ends up signing with the Buccaneers perhaps this week. Yeah, and it's all about their positioning as well. Like Neil played 330 snaps uh, in the box, 102 yeah. in the slot, um, had that interception. Jones, 110 snaps in the box. Um, yeah. Also had, yeah, mo- mostly, yeah, mo- moved a little bit of places, but 110 spots in the box. So, it, yeah. you know, he at least has that uh, experience. And of course, yeah, Playing for a coach that watched you all the time, that's yeah. going to go a long way with them. Um, well, and, and let's let's not forget, the Bucks don't play a bunch of cover two. They play more mm-hmm. cover three. And so that single high safety is going to be Anton Winfield. At the same time, Bulls will like to, uh, to keep opponents guessing. So the, both those safeties have to be interchangeable. But we're going to see Winfield playing more free safety. And certainly when they're in cover three, probably more. Uh, as that deep center fielder. And that means that they're looking for another box type safety. They're looking for a guy to replace Keanu Neal to essentially replace Jordan Whitehead. We saw, um, you know, Whitehead was kind of more of that box safety in 2021. Yeah. And then last year it was Mike Edwards and Neal, a little bit of Logan Ryan mixed in there uh, as well, but they're going to be looking for more of a box type safety and maybe a safety that can play in the slot as well. That's why I, you know, I was kind of, I was looking at the the overall like free agent safety list. There are a lot of guys. I mean, still available. Not yeah. many like crazy, uh, you know, crazy expensive at, at this right. point. A couple of a uh, couple of veterans as well. Like Landon Collins is a guy who played for the Giants. He yeah. would be more of that box fit. He didn't play a lot of games last year. I think yeah. mostly due to to injury, but he played uh, 110 snaps in, in the in the box last season. More of that right. physical guy. Um, yeah. And even though he didn't play that much, he still had an interception and yeah. had a 79.6 grade in coverage uh, yeah. on PFF. So I just think, again, he already had some big contracts. So at this point, he kind of just be playing for the love of the game if he wanted to at this point right. and get kind of a similar deal. I think that would be interesting. Uh, I know J.C. Allen was talking about Eric Rowe, who played for the uh, the Dolphins previously. He's a guy that yeah. had. 248 snaps in the box and 188 in the slot. So a little bit, a um, little bit in both spots. And another player that kind of got brought up before is Nasir Adderley from the Chargers. You know, 26 years old, so still fairly yeah. long. Young. He just retired though. He retired. Oh, he retired. I, he just retired. Yeah, I I liked him coming out of Delaware a lot. I he was a big that. time ball hawk. Yeah. Well, it, I think it just happened last week. So yeah, it, it, you see, every once in a while you see it, these young guys that just say I'm, I'm out of football usually out of injury precautions or whatever but yeah he, he was a young exciting player i liked him a lot coming out of delaware um i was like how is he still available well, i guess that makes that, sense. that's why <laughs> he's, he's done he's going to quits um but listen folks uh it, it's time to call quits on the national championship in basketball right we've we've done the whole march madness thing 
we're down to what San Diego State versus UConn. Yeah. It looks like it's going to be UConn, right? Yeah, I mean, they that, smoked everyone. It's yeah. crazy. It hasn't even been close. Yeah. I mean, so it looks like that's the case. Um, sorry, FAU. Um, but yeah, you, you lost by a, a basket. Uh, no hard feelings here from my Kansas State Wildcats. You beat us. But listen, whether you're going to bet on San Diego State or whether you're going to bet on UConn or you're going to bet on your Tampa Bay Lightning and the hockey Stanley Cup playoffs, which are around the corner, or any sport, you get baseball starting up. So baseball, NBA, uh, the national championship game, and basketball, you've got – what else you got? Hockey, the playoffs are coming up. You've got UFC fights. Yeah, it's it's your time to go to my bookie. It's time. It's time to go to my bookie and shoot your shot, score big on the nonstop action. Whether you're filling out multiple brackets, uh, brackets, you know they're they're over. But I mean, you have a chance to to pick the winner, right? In the division, or I should say, in the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, or and listen, they've got player prop bets. They've got game prop bets, not just for the national championship game, but for any of these sports. My bookie's got you covered. So. Here's what you do. Go to my bookie, visit the website online, make your first deposit and use the promo code pewter and you're going to get an exclusive deposit bonus. That's promo code pewter to claim some extra money on top of your initial deposit with hundreds of prizes for March Madness, the weekly blackjack tournaments. You can turn game day into payday with my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie, the official online gaming destination for pewter report and folks we've been partnered with my bookie for over five years now i use my bookie as the exclusive place that i like to go bet and and uh um and I, i'm usually not that good at, at picking games so my bookie loves me because i'm a chump when it comes to betting money but it's fun and it's so easy to use so highly recommend mybookie.ag check them out and make sure that when you have your initial deposit you use the promo code pewter UConn is a seven point favorite. That's a uh, that's a tough one because they've been blowing yeah. people out. But seven yep. points is a lot for a uh, yeah, it championship is. game. We do have a super chat one to get to. Thank you, Josh Weiss, for the four ninety nine super chat. Yep. Josh says, any updates on our dead money situation? Can yeah. be confusing. Gronk, David, Void years can yes. be confusing. When will we be solvent? Dead money. Great wise question. I've already got this pulled up, ready to go. So you're Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Uh, have got $35 million in dead money for Tom Brady, almost $8 million in dead money for Levante David. I'm sorry, for, for Donovan Smith. Even though Levante re-signed, he still has $6.855 million in dead money because of his, his last contract. And so they've kind of kicked that can with the prorated bonuses over time. So add them all up. You have Julio Jones, uh, Hicks, Fournette, Shaq Mason, Cam Brate, Will Golston has some dead money, Ryan Suckup. Jalen Darden, add it all up. You're at $75.3 million worth of dead money. So that means the, out of the Buccaneers, $228 million that they have uh, um, to, to spend on the cap, um, 150 of which is the top 51 players, 75 million goes to nobody because they've already spent it. So uh, th that's a lot, but that's why the Buccaneers are kind of taking their medicine this year. And, uh, and and going in that direction. Will they be solvent next year? Will they not have any dead money? It's going to be significantly less. They're still going to have some, but this is the year where they're taking a lot of their dead money uh, hits. And Brady's is the biggest one at $35 million. So sooner rather than later, the Buccaneers will be back to having very, very little dead money because that's how historically Mike Greenberg likes to operate. Yeah, I mean, at one point or another, they're going to have to uh, pay the the credit card bill, as as a lot have been saying, and mostly with Tom Brady. But you know, that's why the Bucks have uh, some of the best money guys in the yeah in the league. Long Lost Glacier says, "I remember when I Cookie went belly up after one yeah. week as a sports book. I believe it was my Cookie, but still, yeah, uh, nonetheless, correct. Yeah, it was a spoof Mark Cook did whenever he lost money the first time betting." So, yeah, it was great the best, stuff. The best part from, was from Mark, Mark would Cook. come up with like an elaborate backstory scheme. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I <laughs> yeah. created uh, the Bucks yeah. resigned Jameis Winston t shirts and they didn't yeah. resign him or you know, something <laughs> exactly. Something like that. So, yeah. yeah I, I think I did see, yes, Greg Allman said that there's 55 million in dead money in 2025. 2025. That's 
it's not next year. That's two years from now. So yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I saw him tweeting about it too. I think yeah. he got asked a question and was okay. You know, yeah. Was so they're they're not done with the dead money. It's going to take a couple years, but I know this is the big year. This is the this is the big year for sure. So, um, let's see what else uh, we have to get to here. Um, I guess only nineteen million next year. Not bad. Yeah, in terms of dead money. So yeah. Mike Greenberg, trust me, doesn't like dead money, but they had to do it for the Super Bowl run. It paid off. They they really mortgaged the future for three years, Matt. They did it in 2020, 2021, 2022, and they got a Super Bowl championship and two division titles out of it. You look at the New Orleans Saints, they tried to do the same thing, Matt. They didn't even sniff a division, uh, or they, they, they won the division a couple times, but they didn't even get to the NFC championship game but once, right? So they didn't no. make the Super Bowl. I mean, they they won it. Super Bowl way back when, when Drew Brees, you know, was, was there, but, but not, not anytime recently for sure. So and yes, the Super Bowl was worth it. Do it again. Yep. That's what infuriates me about not specifically Bucks fans, but fan bases. When you look at like the Bucks with signing Brady and a lot of what the Rams did when they won the Super Bowl the year after the Bucks, where people yeah. get mad, it's like, Oh, it's going to screw up your cap for next season or like three or four years from now. Yeah. But it's like you're going for a championship. Go there for the is ring. nothing yeah. better than winning a championship it's, it's as a player about. or like a fan base. That's yeah. what it's about. It's not about like, oh, we have to get cap compliant and like be a yeah. contender every year. No, you go right for the trophy. You go just like your New York Jets, Super man, Bowl. right? Yeah, that's why I'm all about go for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. You haven't made the playoffs in over a decade. That's not a conversation Bucks fans want to hear. But yeah. infuriates me. Like, oh, man, the Rams are screwed. Yeah. Like, well, that's what they get for being in that situation. Yeah, because they won the Super Bowl. Same they with put the themselves like, in there to win it. That's what And, and they did. Both. The <laughs> yeah. Bucks and the Rams both won it. So if it means a couple seasons later they got to spend all that dead money for Tom Brady, still worth it. Every yeah. Bucks fan would sign up for that. So yeah. you know, know what else is, me. is worth it? Taking care of your health. And that means going to age rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today. Yes, do it now. You talk about spending money. Spend money on yourself. Spend money on your health. That's that's where it's it's at. Because your health at the end of the day is invaluable. And who wants to be sleepy and groggy all the time? And you know, if if your sex drive is suffering, if if you just you know you feel like you know you can't make it through a workout in the gym because you're getting older, well, it might be a low testosterone. Uh, surprise, surprise. Most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, low testosterone, it's a natural occurrence, guys. And you can do something about it. You can go to agerejuvenation.com and sign up for a free, no risk, no obligation consultation. Get your blood work done. Insurance will pay for it. And if you have low testosterone like I did, you can get a testosterone treatment and $500 off right now. And you mentioned Peter Report. So it's tremendous. There's five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. AgeRejuvenation.com. Anything else to get All to right, you today, Matt? No. Based thing that we need to super chat, but I'm not seeing that super chat. I apologize, Felipe. Felipe, if you want to ask a question right now, we'll answer it before we uh, yes. sign off for the show. But uh, We'll do that. If you ask the question, you get about 30 seconds. Yeah. So type uh, Shout out to Thomas Foolery, though, saying one uh, one injection a week. Yeah. Totally worth the benefits. It, it is. It makes a big difference, folks. It really does. Um, All right. Well, in the meantime, we'll give, uh, we'll give Felipe a quick moment to ask a question if he wants to. In the meantime... Um, make sure you are following us on all of our social media accounts and our YouTube channel on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at Pewter Report, and on YouTube, we are Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe, hit that thumbs up button, uh, helps us with our numbers and gets more people to know about pewterreport.com. We do the podcast four times a week, we have various videos up on 
our social media platforms um, for you guys to enjoy. A ton of great different content uh, throughout the year, all year round, which is uh, always super important to not only us, but you, the fans. Yeah. So please. Thank you, guys. Uh, like and subscribe. Computer podcast ever. Appreciate it. It's always fun to do roll call on Mondays. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you next time, which will be 4 o'clock tomorrow, right here for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.